1: with one whale of a hockey game. They danced with the Devils, and they won. Final score from Ball Arena in downtown Denver, Colorado. It's the Avalanche 6 and New Jersey 3. Not your typical hockey game, um, but. It's a win. Find a way to just crawl through the muck and get out on the other side and do your own version. I the second morning in a row, I brought up Shawshank to start it. But the second time, you've crawled through the poop, and then you get to the other side, you said freedom. Uh, needed one of those against a very tough New Jersey team. I know they're out a couple of people. But the fact that you went out and... Played a game that was far from perfect. And we'll talk to Jared Bednar about this at 8 o'clock this morning. Played a game that was far from perfect. And also found a way to get a three-goal win out of all of that. It's impressive. Like All I want to really talk about is the second period because of the chaos that that was. Um, you know, we had another late puck drop in the game. I hate when it's like 8 o'clock and then you're sitting there and they're still in the post game show and you're like, dude, let's go. Let's go. Pick up the pace.
2: Things to do. And that would be sleep. So let's go. At any given time in that second period, there was 15 minutes on the power play, nine minutes on the power play. Like the devil's just on a power play the whole time. The entire time. So
1: game starts Jersey takes a one to nothing lead. I am like feeling disgusted on my couch at the moment because I'm like, God, this still doesn't look right. And they get the first goal. Is there any way you can come back and just try and make something happen out of this? And then he did. You had um, you answered as Rantanen gets the deflection off the power play with McCarr. The only thing I really liked to start the game was the second line looked pretty good. Um, They looked like they were flying out there. And like, okay, hopefully you can build something off of that. And then by the time... (laughs) By the time you get to the second period, you know, Ross Colton comes in to clean up... um, Clean up a two-on-one opportunity. So he goes and finishes that, so now you got a two-to-one lead. But then you get the chaos of the second get the huge hit by miles wood. That leads to another hit on miles wood against the boards. So I think it was Hamilton that hit miles wood against the boards after he had the initial hit and look the initial hit from miles wood. I know that wasn't called a penalty. If that happened to an avalanche player, I would have wanted one. I I know it's like, yes, by the rule, it's clean hit, but that's, It's pretty close. I know it's shoulder to shoulder. But it was kind of on the razor's edge there. And so he gets hit from Hamilton. That one was obviously a penalty. And then you get another one with about 30 seconds left on that as McKinnon gets tripped up. So now you got a five on three. And I'm like, all right, this is the time to capitalize. You're up 2-1. Let's make this an insurmountable lead to come back from. Well, then you get called for too many men on the ice. Then Ross Colton has his hit on Hughes. He gets the game misconduct, and the Devils are on the power play for the rest of the second period. Essentially,
2: I mean, I was looking. Colton Colton hit Timo Meyer, right? That was he got he got him in the face. That was the whole thing, right? Oh, Timo Meyer. That's well, it was the initial.
1: Was it on Timo? I'll take your word for it. Sure. Maybe I got that wrong. Um, I thought it was that defenseman Hughes for them. Maybe I'm, I'm off on that. So, yeah, Timo Meyer, But he takes the, or he, he hits him, gets the game misconduct. And now you got, like, first of all, over a, a minute of a two-man advantage for the Devils, they score immediately. And they're like, oh, my God. And then it's, I look, I look once that's off the board, Marty. I'm like, does that say like seven minutes here? All right, great. How wonderful. And how much time is left in the second? Like, oh, eight minutes. All right, awesome. But then Miles Wood comes and scores <laughs> Shorty and you take the lead. You're like, all right, let's roll. But with the second period basically being a power play for, I don't know, six or seven minutes, the devils take a penalty. Now it's a four on four. Uh, it was absolute chaos. So the fact that you had all of that mess kind of rolled together and then you still found a way to win by three, you get the empty netter at the very end of the game, um, um, a texture says Georgie is starting to concern me. Yeah, he still hasn't been great, but what what am I supposed to do with that? Like all of what that game was, you're you're constantly on a penalty kill. Am I supposed to look at Georgie and and say he's got to make every single save that night despite the fact that people are just parading to the box for 60 straight minutes? Like what it was almost impossible to evaluate, and again, we can ask Bednar about this. The bottom line is you got to win, which you sorely needed, and you scored some goals, which you sorely needed. So this is what it was, Marty. So Colton got the two minutes for boarding on Hughes initially, and then the game misconduct for throwing a stick directly in the face of Timo and Meyer. He's
2: busy. He checked Luke Hughes, swung around behind the goalie. <laughs> exactly. And popped, uh, yes. Yeah,
1: Meyer in the face. Um, end of the night though, you, I don't even care. I don't I don't care if you won that game 10 to nine or one to nothing or whatever. I just needed a W on the board and Georgie. Yeah. I'm kind of in this, this gray area of, he didn't, obviously he didn't play great. I mean, he only saw, even despite all that, Marty, I think the number is what on the night he saw 23 shots. Total? So the Avs put 31 on the Devils, and then Georgie, yeah, he saw 23, 20 saves. Despite all of the, the, <laughs> despite the amount of power play opportunities that the Devils had, it looks like they only got, like, what, Four shots during all of those minutes on Georgie. So yeah, he's got to be better. But it was just a weird game.
2: Was the Timo Meyer goal that was just like yeah, that was that was a saveable shot right there. But you had that, and then you throw on top
1: of it. You know, we had this discussion yesterday. Did you want to see the defense and and Georgie step up more? Did you want to score? And I'm like, I just want to see this team score again because they play differently when they're able. I just think all of this comes together, and and Bednar talks about it all the time, that the defense leads to offense and blah, blah, blah. But when they score, they play with a little bit more ease. It doesn't—they don't press as much. Like, the Fs can win a shootout. We've seen that time and time again. They're they're talented enough to go out and do it. But, God, I saw the frustration early. You know when the offense is getting frustrated— because McKinnon is going to try and stick-handle through about 15 different people and just fire up a wild shot. If I, would, if I had to say there's one issue with McKinnon because he's amazing at pretty much everything, he does that quite a bit. You know, he's the guy, if this was basketball, Marty, and you're playing at your local 24-hour or something like that, he's doing like 15 crossovers without moving. Just in front of a guy, and you're like, okay, so this is going to be iso ball time. Um, does that quite a bit, but I, I think that mostly comes out of frustration with how the offense is playing.
2: Sometimes it works, though. Uh,
1: <laughs> this is funny. A texture wrote this in. I want to make sure that this is correct. Um, yes, sir. You would be right on this. The Avs are undefeated when scoring a goal this year. Yeah, they are 8-0 when scoring a goal and 0-3 when they don't. So if you score, you win. I guess that's the translation. But just once. If you score just once, because more are going to come right behind it. But again, I like the way the second line was playing. Um, I think the penalty kill did a pretty damn good job considering the circumstances that they they faced last night. The fact that you actually got a goal out of one of those opportunities. Um, and look, as much as, as much as you hate, and I'm going to call this a dumb penalty on Ross Colton because it was, I like that they kind of play with an edge. Now they didn't have a whole lot of that last year. Now you can't take the penalties that they took last night, and you can't take the penalties they've taken pretty much all year. They've taken a lot, so they they got to find where that line is and not step over it. But when you play the AVS, you got another willing to hit now, and that hasn't always been the case. They made moves to get more physical, and you saw the physicality. You saw the hit from Miles Wood. You saw the hit from Ross Colton, and now it's just more of like you got the pit bulls on a chain. Let's rein it in a little bit more. I get no problem with the dogs barking. But they kind of went out and nipped the kid who was riding his bike. Let's kind of
2: yank that one back and let's shorten the chain a little bit. And then nipped his friend who came over to see what was going on. <laughs> just exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's make sure the chain doesn't go all the way to the sidewalk. Just like halfway up the driveway. Okay. You think that's why he got tossed? Because it was just back to back like pretty questionable plays. Yes. Because either of those plays separately, they're not worthy of a, of a game misconduct, are they? Yeah, he was just kind of. He um, was a loose cannon out there for a second.
1: He was just in the middle of a crowd and then he punched somebody and then just turned around and fired another punch on somebody else that was kind of standing there. And then he was looking to punch somebody again and then the security guard grabbed him and, and threw him out. But I don't mind a little bit of an edge. It's just you got to kind of stay on the right side of that line in the sand. Bottom line, Avs win. Uh, they now lead the Central at 8-3. and three. They got 16 points. They're one up on Dallas, so everything, life's good. Um, we'd like to see it a little bit cleaner, though. As we move forward tomorrow, and now you get into a little bit of that rhythm, right? It's game, off day, game, off day, game, off day. You got that for a while now. And that game against Seattle, we know how difficult and, and ugly those games can be. Just try and continue now this uh, sort of stretch. You know, the last time you played Seattle, it didn't look great, but you won 4-1. to one. I'd love to see another one of those games, especially the one being on the board from Georgie.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware
1: prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that game's tomorrow. The Nuggets in action tonight against the Warriors. We'll get to that in a little bit. 303-504-0925. Let's go. NFL Stock Up, Stock Down next.
2: Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 is the home of your Colorado.
1: week following the NFL weekend, it is NFL Stock Up, Stock Down. Marty... May I have the music? Thank you very much. We always start with the quarterbacks, and we start with the stock up. It's got to be C.J. Stroud. He had 470 yards and four touchdowns. Or, wait, five touchdowns, right? Five, including the game winner uh, over Tampa Bay as uh, you want to talk about forget an impressive rookie quarterback he's just an impressive quarterback he has 14 touchdowns in a single interception of the year when you're talking entering week 10 of an NFL season and a starting quarterback has one interception and has not missed time that's pretty remarkable so you might be thinking okay if you have one interception you can throw the ball that much he throws the ball all the time in Houston hugely hugely responsible for why they're 500 on the year and the biggest surprise in the nfl no question like nobody else is close the jags were good last year that's not a surprise the lions who are six and two right now yeah they were a darling pick before the year started though that's why they got the opening night game nobody expected the texans to be in this position do i think they can win the division no i think it's the jags but the fact that they're even in a conversation for winning that after where that team was last year and what we thought that team would be this year. Brand new quarterback, rookie, brand new head coach, brand new everything. If I asked you to name five Texans before the season started, you couldn't do it. You might have a difficult time doing it right now. Hell, if okay. I gave it a shot, so I'm not not—I'm not going to count Stroud. That's a cheat. Uh, Damian Pierce, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton
2: Schultz, Name somebody on defense now. Great. Uh, <laughs> um, you should know Will that's, Anderson. Yeah, there, you so there you go.
1: Outside of that, Marty, I got nothing for you. Is there a name on defense that I would know? I'm looking. No.
2: Like Steven nobody. Nelson, Jimmy Ward, Shaquille Griffin.
1: Oh, Shaq Griffin. Yeah. That's uh wait. Is Shaq Griffin the one with one hand, or is that his brother? I think that's his brother. Which Griffin is that? Okay. Yeah, I don't know anybody. So the fact that D'Amico Ryan's has that team at Ford 4 and a huge responsibility to that is C.J. Stroud. There you go. He gets the stock up. Let's go quarterback stock down. This team is winning football games, Marty. They did not win this past weekend. They got crushed last weekend. But they are winning football games. This guy is starting to turn back into um, kind of the quarterback that we thought he was. Geno... Since opening the year with a another really solid, like, three to four games, has been on the struggle bus as of late. Uh, this past weekend against Baltimore, 13 of 28, 157 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Baltimore does this to people. Baltimore might be the best team in the NFL right now. I know it kind of is changing week to week, but God, are they good. And when they win, Marty, they demolish you. I, how about this? I know this is about Geno, but just for a second. Baltimore is maybe the only team in the NFL that I don't think has a weakness. They're incredibly good passing the ball. They're incredibly good running the football. They're great in the offensive line department. Their defense is solid in every single level. They get a pass rush. They have amazing linebackers. And their secondary is great. They're special teams. Dude, you hit the 40-yard line, you got three points with Justin Tucker. Like, where's the weakness with that team? The only weakness I can see, Marty, is is Lamar Jackson going to play every game? Like, that's all. If he stays healthy, they can win the Super Bowl. But the problem over the last few years is the playoffs come, and then Lamar can't play. But going back to Geno, so he had a rough game against them. Who cares? Everybody does. The point is, he started the season with five touchdowns and one pick, and he's now at nine and seven. So he's got four touchdowns and six picks since starting five and one to start the year. Seattle isn't good enough to win games without him being really good. Maybe not necessarily great, but has to be really good. Their defense is just meh. They have skill position talent. You know, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker, like, they're all good players. Noah Fant. But they can't, especially in that division, because I think that San Francisco is going to turn it around at some point. Uh, They were leading that. Now they're tied with five and three with San Francisco in the NFC West. If he doesn't pick it up, San Francisco is going to, it's going to be that meme of the people running to the trophy. And it's going to be the Niners just whizzing by them for a Super Bowl trophy. Well, they get to play the Niners twice, the Seahawks. I don't think that's going to go well for them. I don't think so. Again, Seattle's fine. Like, they're a fine football team, but I think Geno puts a a very hard cap on how far that team can go. Um, Non-quarterback, stock up. Miles Garrett might have this defensive player of the year thing wrapped up already. He's at nine and a half sacks this year. Um, He has sacks in six of eight games that Cleveland has played. He's forced four fumbles. The guy's a monster. And he's toying with defenses. Remember that video from a few weeks ago where he's basically dancing pre-snap and then just runs directly through a gap untouched for a sack? Not only is he incredibly good, he's got also that factor of maybe the most intimidating human being you've ever seen. Like, if I put the category of Most terrifying people to look at on a football field, it's Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, right? And I don't think there's an in-between. It's those two. Aaron Donald's 300 pounds and has a six-pack. What is that? Miles Garrett with his shirt off. Do yourself a favor, guys. Google it. It's amazing. That is a man that has been chiseled out of marble and had a microchip implanted in his head That's just about, I'm going to murder QBs. So, Miles Garrett, he gets the stock up. Let's go non-quarterback stock down. I actually could put this guy in that category, the most intimidating, intimidating people to look at, but he just hasn't played well this year. It's DK Metcalf. He's another guy that fits that mold, but DK, he had one catch for 50 yards this past week. He's only got 28 catches on the year in seven games.
2: We caught one bomb and that's it?
1: One bomb this past week against Baltimore. Again, I don't want to hold the Baltimore stuff against these Seattle guys. But just on the year, 28 catches in seven games, not good. He's got 454 yards, two touchdowns. You would think from the, the way that this guy's career started, these numbers would have to be, you know, closer to 700 yards and five TDs and, you know, 50 catches or something like that. And it's not even close. The number one wideout right now in Seattle, despite him being four foot seven, is Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett's always productive. But I'm actually kind of shocked that he's not a larger part of that offense right now because he has all of the qualities of what you'd want in a wide receiver. He's huge. He's incredibly fast. I don't know what's going on. Because he had that production last year. I think maybe it's a matter of time. Maybe he's just in a little bit of a funk, but we'll see. For the moment, he gets the stock down. Let's go NFL team stock up. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but Houston was incredibly impressive last week. Again, 500 on the year. They have some talent now that we can recognize with a little bit better quarterback play. I don't know how good guys like Nico Collins are, but good enough to win some football games. And and to do it while putting up, what was it, 39 points this past week? 39, 37, yeah. Um, I never thought I would pay any attention to Houston Texans games on Sunday. I thought that could be one I could just skip over, and I can't anymore. They're fun to watch. Just a good, fun, tough, physical team, and they hit... The jackpot, it feels like, with this combo of D'Amico Ryans as head coach and C.J. Stroud as uh, their quarterback. The funny thing is they fell ass backwards into C.J. Stroud because reports are they wanted Bryce Young. And now they get to look like geniuses. Texture says, Matt Crosby is the scariest dude in the league. He's a psychopath. Yes, I'm talking purely from a physical perspective. Max Crosby is crazy up here. If you guys have ever played Grand Theft Auto 5, he's the he's the dude in the wife beater. What's his name? Somebody will know. He's the crazy guy with the mullet. That's Max Crosby. He's he's unafraid of anything. Um, NFL team stock down. I'm gonna give this to the Dolphins. I know they're six and three, and losing to the Chiefs is not like some sort of stain on your record. But what is a stain on their record is the fact that the Miami Dolphins are 0-3 against teams with winning records. And I don't know how to handle that. And we think of the Dolphins as this high-flying offense. They put up 35, 40 points a game. Yeah, Marty, they do that except when they play a good team. When they play these teams with winning records. Do you know how many points they score? 17 per. How many points they give up? 33 so you can beat up and you can pace these teams that are bad you can throw a 70 spot on the broncos you can do all that different stuff but i gotta see this against a good opponent you didn't get worked by miami but it wasn't necessarily close from the start you, kansas city let their foot off the gas in germany last week you know that when they played buffalo it was 48 to 20. i gotta see something against a good opponent who's their next good opponent i was just gonna try and look that up because their schedules really easy You're gonna be a bit here so Miami they have the Raiders the Jets the commanders the Titans the Jets and then the Cowboys so it's
2: a t- Christmas
1: and once they hit Christmas though Marty it's Cowboys yeah. Ravens bills like mm-hmm. they got a tough three game stretch to end the year but dude they could they could walk through the next five games pretty much unscathed and go back to putting up 40 points a game and start fooling people again I'm just, I got to wait now until Christmas before I make an evaluation on the Dolphins.
2: They could be 11 wins deep by the time they have to play a good opponent. Very easily. Already wrapped up a playoff spot. Uh, MVP stock up. I have this guy on my fantasy
1: team, and I was kind of shocked to see this. I looked at the MVP odds. Lamar Jackson's third right now, but go look at his numbers. His numbers do not connote somebody who is in the MVP conversation. His team, very good. And I mean this as a compliment to Lamar Jackson, Marty. He has nine touchdowns and two picks on the year. And even in these games that they beat teams by 30 points, like they did the Seahawks this past weekend, like they did to the Lions a couple of weeks ago, it's not because Lamar Jackson is just beating people over the head with stats and numbers and, and highlight reel plays. You know what he's doing now that I think is an evolution in his game and a maturity? He's taking the plays that are given to him. And that's really all they have to do with how good that team is. And maybe John Harbaugh has pushed that into his head. Like, dude, you don't need to shake and juke five guys and then take a hit that can risk injury. Be a little bit more conservative with the football and conservative with your body. Make sure you're on the field when we hit December and January. Because this team is certainly good enough to make something happen. Um, I mean, he still has 440 rushing yards. It's the highest. Oh, he's still running. But I, in rushing. I think that he's, he's doing that thing where if he gets into traffic, he's making sure he's not taking a hit, which is the proper route to take. But right now he is third in the MVP standings. And if he starts to put up some numbers, look out, because he could shoot up that, that sort of uh, odd standing really, really quickly. He's already got one under his belt. Could easily see him getting another. Let's go MVP stock down. Uh, Josh Allen. He's two and three in his last five games. He has an interception in each of his last five games. They're only a game over 500. I don't want to put this on him right now, but people just think if you have a quarterback like Josh Allen or or you have one of these guys, your window's open forever. Well, Josh Allen gets the money. The money can't spread to other places. Windows can close in a hurry. And I have a fear that the Buffalo Bills could be this Dan Marino Dolphin sort of thing that you go out there every single Sunday And you have a good shot to win, and you win 11 or 12 games a year, and you're right there at the top of your division, and everybody's calling you a Super Bowl contender, but you never quite get there. You know what can really derail that? A quarterback who turns the ball over a lot. And that is what Josh Allen has been doing. I haven't seen the numbers on this, but I guarantee they will back this up because they do for most football teams, but especially for good ones quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, I bet you they win, and they probably win by a lot against a lot of football teams. But the second you start throwing picks, that's how you get some of these games in which alright, we just lost to somebody we shouldn't have lost to, like New England a few weeks ago. You know, they lost to the Bengals this past weekend. That's no, nothing to be ashamed of. You're on the road at Cincinnati. The Bengals are good. But you can't lose a game to the Patriots. You gotta beat the Giants more than 14 to 9. Remember, the Giants had a shot to win that game at the very end. They lost to the Jags the week before that. It just needs some more consistency out of Josh Allen before I totally buy in. Uh, best game of the week. Wow. Houston Tampa might have been, that might have been the game of the year um, so far in the NFL season. 39 37, I believe, was the final score, right? You said? Um, You get a 470-yard, five-touchdown game from one quarterback, and then Baker Mayfield doing his Baker Mayfield, I'm going to will my team to victory thing on the other side. Like, super fun game to watch.
2: Well, what about the Vikings game? I thought that was the game we did.
1: No, Houston, Tampa. Well, I mean, the game was good. Don't get me wrong. Like, all the stuff that went into it. Plus the story, too. I mean, I do It's a layered thing here, Brett. I like Houston, Tampa better. That one had my full attention. We'll go to worst game of the week. Oh, my god. I know this was a cutesy story for the Raiders, but that was an awful football game. Through two weeks, Marty, the the New York Giants have thrown the ball for 150 yards in two weeks. That is miserable football to watch. Miserable. And look, I could have went a few different places for worst game of the week. No, it's not like that was the only stinker that was on the schedule. There were a few of them. But if you can't throw the football, I need to be entertained, okay? Yeah, Browns-Cardinals, it was 27 to nothing. And my general rule is worst game of the week is a team who gets shut out. But I can't
2: stand to watch the Giants. We got some bad quarterbacks up there. Clayton Toon is out there for the Cardinals. I mean, can you watch any of those games the rest of the year? What are the Giants going to do? Danny well, DeVito is going to be their quarterback now? <laughs> I I'd guess. I'd rather
1: see that. I, get, I would, too, actually. Um, poll question at Brett Kane Radio would you rather watch Tommy DeVito or Danny DeVito play quarterback remember though Marty you said what do you do with these teams the rest of the year Kyler Murray's back for the Cardinals this oh, week oh that's right so okay. that's going to change at least it won't be the Clayton Toon show for the next you know 10 weeks whatever we got left so that's going to change but the Giants yeah that's going to be the snooze fest every single week 303-504-0925 that is NFL Stock Up Stock Down that we do every single week Whole question is up at Breakcan Radio on Twitter. Who would you rather want a quarterback, Tommy DeVito
2: or Danny DeVito? I mean, really, what are they going to do? They have Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones both on IR. They have to sign somebody else. Danny, Danny, Get sign the Danny. Brothers. Um,
1: everybody loves Danny DeVito, right? Sure, anybody who's like, yeah, not for me. Danny DeVito rules. The fact that that dude has gone through basically every single arc that you can in acting, he's done the serious, and now he's just like, I'm going to just kind of fart around and do what's always sunny in Philadelphia for 20 years and then do uh, Jersey Mike's commercials. It always trips me out that that show makes him look as vile as possible. Like, how how much grosser can we make Danny DeVito look? You think he reads the script and he's like, oh, God. So I've I've heard interviews with him where he said the only one that he was kind of iffy about, he he had to... If you haven't seen the show, this is such a weird thing to say. They sewed him into a couch and then he popped out butt naked. (laughs) I was going to say, that one was very questionable. That had to be the only one.
2: Um... Anyway.
1: It was also very wet,
2: too. Why was he wet when he came out? Because
1: he it was too hot in there. Remember, it was a leather couch, <laughs> so he was sweating. Yeah. He came out basically, it looked like he was draped in KY jelly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna say something that might be controversial to some people. I watched the old Batman's. I like Michael Keaton. I didn't like him playing the penguin. It was too weird. Like, one of the things I like about the Christopher Nolan Batman movies is they're very realistic. He literally was a penguin. And I don't know much about the comic book thing, but I don't think the guy was actually a penguin, right? He didn't have... He didn't waddle. He just, like, he looked like it. Like, when, um... (laughs) This latest one that was okay. Who's the guy? Colin Farrell, who I love he played the penguin role but he was basically just tony soprano right what are you showing me come on like that's i can get my head wrapped around that okay so he's a mob guy an italian mob guy okay got it um couple things here college football top 25 released or i'm sorry the college football playoff rankings let's get that right that has been released and, Marty, I'm going to do this every single week, so just buckle up and prepare yourself. Don't tell me you watch games and you have Ohio State at number one still. Don't tell me this.
2: And they're not going to move unless they lose. Why?
0: It's
1: going
2: to be the same. They are not the best team in the country. It's, it's clear.
1: Like, can, can you do me a favor? Can you look ahead? Go to Ohio State and Michigan for me, please, and tell me what the spread is on that game. Because if it's not Michigan by at least five and a half points, I'll be shocked. And I would like to throw a bet on that, like, immediately. Because they got, what, three weeks? Until they play each other the final game of the year? Or the final regular season weekend of the year?
2: Like. Yeah, they're a six-point favorite. Six points, yeah. So I almost nailed it. Nobody believes Ohio State's the best team in the country. And the matchup predictor has Michigan at 55%. Again, let me make something clear. They're undefeated. But the Marty? game is in Ann Arbor. So what? Like, I, they
1: could play that game so on what? the. they play that game on the moon. Ohio State's not getting twenty points in that game. They aren't scoring twenty. And if you aren't scoring twenty against Michigan, you're losing. Sorry. The fact that they're still number one, and these guys tell me all the time, well, the reason why we have this and this and this, we watch every single game as part of the college football playoff committee. I'm like, do you? Then did you watch Rutgers this past weekend? Lead 9-7.5? to Did you watch Maryland tie them at halftime a few weeks ago? Did you watch them eke out a victory against
2: Wisconsin, who's awful? Like, what am I watching? Do you really want teams to drop for not winning hard enough? I would love that, Marty, when there's five
1: unbeaten teams still left in the country. Like, I'm not saying take them out of the top four even. Like, they can't be number one, though. You can't convince me they're the best. Like, Georgia. If they play Georgia, they're not beating Georgia. They aren't beating Michigan. They aren't beating Florida State. I don't think they're beating Washington. I don't think they're beating Oregon. I don't think they're beating Texas. I don't think they're beating Bama. Like, if I were to argue just on merits of how the team looks, I'm like, yeah, they're maybe ninth. Their quarterback play sucks. Like, McCord is not good. So, yes, I'm bothered by this. Very. How would you feel about them if they were fourth? You would not feel fine. so fired up, No, right? I, I would be fine. Yeah. Fine. If you're the fourth team, sure, I would probably argue Washington over them, but whatever. You're unbeaten. You get to be in the top four.
2: No issues. Is this a cop-out for the playoff committee just because, like, they know Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other? They're like, this will shake itself out. It could be, but then put Michigan at one and them at four. You know what I
1: mean? Then, then do it that way. Because Michigan has allowed, like, two points the entire year to all their opponents combined. And they obviously aren't punishing Michigan for some of this scandal that they got going on, so whatever. But I said all those teams, Marty. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Bama. Would you take Ohio State to beat any of those teams? I just listed mm. off two through eight. Mm,
2: no. I wouldn't pick a single one. Did you say Texas? Maybe Texas. Texas beat Bama earlier this year. Yeah, with a different quarterback. Well, yours is
1: going to come back at some point. By the time they would play each other, yours is going to be back in the lineup. Because you're right, Texas does not, they're still good. They don't look great with this Malik Murphy kid at quarterback. He's he's a little too, um, it's an amazing play or God awful. Like there's not a lot of in between with him. I'm actually kind of surprised that Arch hasn't gotten a snap. I thought they'd throw him in a few times. Hasn't happened yet. But, yeah, Marty, that's really my only take. I just hate that Ohio State's number one because I, I unlike the college football playoff committee, Marty, do not watch every game, but I watch a lot of Ohio State, and they stink for a team that's undefeated. Again, if I made those uniforms that they wear and I said, hey, that's uh, James Madison, you'd be like, yeah, that's kind of what it would look like. That's how they would beat teams. Oh, what's that? James Madison was down 9-7 at half to Rutgers? Ah, Yeah. By the way, we discussed this yesterday. I didn't know this. Uh, James Madison cannot make a playoff or conference championship game. And if I have this right, it's not because they have a scandal. It's because they made the jump up, right? So they have that moratorium where they can't compete for anything. Why is that? That's a
2: stupid rule. If they're good, let them play.
1: So I remember my college. This was five, six years ago, something like that. Um, They made the jump from D2 to D1. And they were playing in the conference championship game in basketball. And all conference champions, Marty, go to the tournament. Even if they won, they did. They ended up losing, like, by three. But if they won that game, no matter what, the team that would have lost would have gotten the bid. And I'm like, why? They made the jump. They now get all of the, the fruits of the labors of what being a Division I school is. Why do I have to wait?
2: It's like hazing. Like, it really is, yeah. Sorry. You have to sit out one year. Hey, freshman, go <laughs> chug that beer. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, something. I, I just want to say if they were undefeated, they should be in the top four.
1: James wouldn't Madison? That
2: be, wouldn't that be hilarious? James yeah. Madison? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me, Marty. Sun Belt Conference.
1: At the end of the year, if there's an unbeaten team
2: that is in a non-Power 5, which I think they're all done now. Believe I don't... me, dude. I know. You still talk about UCF, and that was like seven years ago. I think they're the perfect example. Uh. They beat Auburn. Auburn was
1: one game away from going to the college football playoff. They beat them, and everybody's excuse was, well, they didn't care. I was like, well, that's convenient. Sure it is. But then when the SEC goes 9-1 and one in bowl games, Marty, they brag about that because they cared then, but not the one that they lost. All right, got it. Cool. Very sound well, logic let on let your part, yeah. Dude. No, it's an unwinnable argument because people like you react this way. Nobody wants to see this. And this is what I love about this 12-team playoff is that at some point, one of these teams is going to get upset, and we're going to be like, huh, okay, so if you give them an opportunity, they actually win. Like, nobody's ever shocked when Davidson as a 13-seed beats Duke. But we would be blown away if if some non-Power 5 team beat an SEC opponent. You bunch of frauds.
2: Is this what you like? You guys just like to see the rich people get all the spoils all the time? Sometimes I like to just see names in big games, that's all. I just want to see a number next to their their name, that's all. Oh yeah, that was really fun last
1: year. Teams are getting spanked. Really fun. 303-504-0925. You can watch the show live on Twitch. Twitch.tv, search Altitude SR in the search bar. The Altitude TV simulcast, that is the Safeway Twitch feed. Hold on a second. This Thanksgiving, Safeway for you members can get a free frozen honeysuckle white turkey when you clip this offer and spend $150 or more at your local Safeway only through November 23rd. Hurry in today while supplies last. Mosul Lombardi came next.